This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So trade deadline's upon us. The day I'm recording it is the final day of trade deadline. Things still got a few more hours left. Uh, it's hard to tell anymore with the trade deadline. It's just like when it's over, it's over. That's all you need to know. But, um, yeah, so I decided that uh, I'm going to talk about some of the best trade deadline moments of NBA history. Just see of anything that I can find. But uh, this has happened like less than an hour ago at this point. But James Harden has officially been traded to Philadelphia. Ben Simmons is going to go to Brooklyn. The full trade details a lot for the Nets. As they received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick unprotected, and it could be deferred to 2023. 2027 first-round pick top eight protection through 2028 becomes two seconds if not conveyed. This is off of a Bleacher Report article, by the way. And the 76ers receive James Harden and Paul Millsap. So, um, yeah, I don't really know how to feel about this trade. I mean, if you're the Nets, James Harden was clearly upset with the team, so he was like, okay, I'm, I want out. And there was a weird headline going around where it was like, James Harden has said that he wants to leave Philadelphia, I mean, leave Brooklyn, but doesn't want to formally request a trade because he didn't want the backlash of being this kind of guy on two different teams where, you know, he got for- forced himself out of Houston, forced himself out of Brooklyn. But it's like, but the news is out. Like, it's no surprise that Harden has been wanting out of Brooklyn, right? They haven't been good. I mean, they're on, what, like a nine-game win streak? I mean, losing streak at this point. So I don't know what's up with the whole, man, I don't want to formally request trade and all that. And credit to the 76ers, man. They've been, like, really bringing down the price for Harden. They're, like, there's some circles going on where the 76ers are saying, it's like, yeah, I don't, know. I don't really know if – we wouldn't give up too much for Harden. I mean, that brings the market down. People are going to start offering lower price, and then they come in with a high price. And uh, that's pretty high price. I don't know about Ben Simmons, man. Like, he's – we've been on the Ben Simmons saga for what? Since, like, October now. It's just – I hope he plays in Brooklyn. He's a really good player. Is he that great on offense? Not really, but, I mean, he drives in. He gets a couple buckets every now and then. He's a really good defender, though. I like that. I think that you can offset him and Kyrie because, I mean, Kyrie, I wouldn't say he's definitely not a top-tier defender like Simmons. But it's just it's the offensive side of the ball where you're like, man, I don't know where Ben Simmons fits into any of this. Unless if you just want him to drive and kick to Kyrie or KD all the time. And they got Seth Curry now, so that's another perimeter guy. So I don't know. It's probably going to work out for both teams. We'll probably see them in... They're definitely... Well, I don't know about... Because the Nets record, I don't know how the playoff picture is looking out. But they mean the playoffs is going to be a good one. So, on to that. Um, I just want to go through some other trades at the moment. Then we'll get into some of the best... 
Um, Boston Celtics got rid of P.J. Dozier, Bobel, a second-round pick in cash, just get back a second-round pick, just to dump money because Dozier and Bobel are both out for the season. Uh, Derek White got shipped over to Boston for Josh Richardson as he's going to head over to San Antonio. Derek White, one of those guys where you're just like, man, he's solid. And I don't want to say this because I don't want it to be like, oh, this is only what happens, but it's like there's been some people that leave Popovich and they're like, they're still good, but sometimes you really have to look into a system with some of these guys, right? And, like, sometimes it's the coach's fault It's the, that the system doesn't work. Like, when Phil Jackson went to New York and he wanted to run a triangle, they're like, dude, it's like 2013. This isn't going to work anymore. Like, everyone knows what the triangle is. And it's just... <laughs> I don't know. Derek White, he's uh, he's been a really good player. But I real I'm very curious to see how he is outside of the Spurs organization. But Boston is a great place to go. If Boston's a really good place to go if you're like transitioning from the Spurs to the rest of the league. I will say that. Uh Goran Dragic has is on his way to San Antonio. Thad Young's going to go to Toronto. Can you believe Thaddeus Young is still in the league? Like, he he got drafted the same year as KD and all that, but, I mean, I I don't know how he keeps getting back in. When he was with the Pacers, I love Thad Young. I don't know. He was just – he. it seemed like he hit every shot. But yeah, he's on his way to Toronto. Uh, Marvin Bagley went to Detroit, and Serge Ibaka's going to go to Milwaukee. Four-team deal. Pistons received Marvin Bagley, which – I don't know if it's the Kings that was the problem with Marvin Bagley or not. I have no idea. I mean, there was a serious conversation where it was like, who are you? Who would you take number one, DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, or Marvin Bagley? And I know we have conversations like that all the time. I mean, it's, it's the NBA. It's the same happens in the NFL. No one knows, like, who's really going to be good and it's just like, yeah, Darko Milicic went before Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony and all those guys. There's been a ton of people like that. Hashim Thabit, which, if you know, you know, we got drafted for Steph Curry, James Harden, Tyreek Evans won Rookie of the Year. And <laughs> even that doesn't even matter. Like, he won Rookie of the Year. Michael Carter Williams has won Rookie of the Year. It doesn't mean anything. You got to keep going. And then the L.A. Clippers received Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale. Solid players. Um, the Bucks get Serge Ibaka, a 2022 second-round pick. And there's a lot of stipulations with that one. And a 2024 second. And then the Kings received Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles. Now, DiVincenzo has been interesting because... Last year he was injured when the Bucks won the title. And we people were wondering, man, I wonder what that series could have been like if Dante DiVincenzo was there. It was I mean, I I can't answer that because he's really hard to get a grip on in terms of an NBA player. Like when he was at Villanova and he went off in the tournament, you're like, 
All right, this kid's going to go to the NBA. He's probably going to be fine. He's been fine, but no, I cannot tell you what he's going to be. And Josh Jackson, man, Josh Jackson, that was another one where you're like, and who would you take? Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson, Brand, or Jason Tate, and you're like, or Brandon Ingram, or Markel Fultz, and it's like, yeah, pretty much anyone but Markel and Josh Jackson would work. And Trey Lyles, shout out, went to uh, Arsenal Tech in Indianapolis. He's been an okay NBA player. Now, here's the one that I've been... I've been waiting to talk about this, honestly. Because, and I know that like I've kind of stayed away from doing sort of current stuff, like kind of trying to keep everything evergreen. But how about the Pacers getting rid of Demonis Sabonis, like we said we were going to do at some point. We got rid of Karis LeVert, too. That trade I was okay with, getting Ricky Rubio in a couple picks, because it was like... Hey, if you're trying you're trying to tank, go for it. Don't really need Karis LeVert. He's going to leave anyways. And Sabonis, I I couldn't really gauge if he was going to stay or not. I mean, it's Indiana. Not a lot of guys are going to stay for Indiana, for the Pacers. Reggie Miller's really the only case. Uh, Rick Smith's in our one, but that was back in the 80s and 90s. It's a whole different ball game. Player empowerment is ridiculous. Paul George forces his way out. Oladipo, we traded him. Actually, four Karis LeVert. But, but the Pacers get Tyrese Halliburton, who might be one of my favorite young players in the league. I mean, there's a lot, but like, a young guy isn't like he's only played a couple years. Like this is his second year. Because like John Morant, I think he's my favorite player at the moment. I mean, he's been in the league, what, three years now? And there's Luka Doncic, who's been in the league at the same time. But Halburn, he was just such a surprise to so many people, and he's been killing it. Buddy Heald, also a really good player. Don't know if he's going to stay in Indy. I don't know if Halberton is either, but healed a really good one and someone that when you need a bucket, he can go get you one. Then Tristan Thompson, he's already said that he is that they're probably going to uh, buy him out so he can go somewhere. He because he wants to win a ring at the end of his career. Fair. And he's the Pacers. And then the Kings. Got Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb. So the Holiday era is over in the Pacers organization. We had Aaron there for a little bit. We had Justin for a little bit. Now they're both gone. And they also get a 2023 second round pick. Um, Norman Powell went to the Clippers alongside Robert Covington and. Trailblazers got Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, and a 2025 second-round pick. CJ McCollum went to New Orleans, and I I wonder. I don't know how many years are left on his contract or anything like that. Do you think that him being on a team that's where he's not beside Damian Lillard, do you think that he gets an all-star nod? 
because he's been a guy for a few years now where people were saying, man, why isn't CJ McCollum like, an, or like even in the consideration for being an all-star? I don't know. Tough question. It's definitely too late now. I mean, obviously the all-star game is in a week, but the Pelicans got McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell. Trailblazers got a ton in return. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, D.D. Luzada, Tomas Sadaransky, 2022 first-round pick, numbers one, protecting them for one to four, and 15 to 30. And it turns into Milwaukee's 2025 first-rounder with a top-four protection. There's all these stipulations on these trades, man. I do not understand where they come up with this stuff. Uh, They also get a 2026 second-round pick and a 2027 second-rounder. Karis LeVert went to Cleveland from the Pacers, so the Cavs got LeVert and a second-round pick. And the Pacers got Ricky Rubio, a first-round pick in 2022. And 2022 second-round pick and a 2027 second-round pick. And I believe that's all the ones I wanted to talk about before getting into some of the better ones throughout the history of the league. So uh, we will jump into that. All right, so first we're going to go off a Bleacher Report article. Uh, shout out Bleacher Report. Apparently this episode brought to you by them. Not really. Not a sponsor, but um, yeah. So this is an article: uh, greatest last minute deals in NBA teams' history. Not gonna go through the entire list. We're just gonna go and hit the highlights. At least ones I know I can talk about. So the first one: Cleveland Cavaliers. They uh, traded Mo Williams and Jamario Moon to get Baron Davis in the first round pick in return. And I bet you're like, dude, why are you talking about this? I mean, it's Baron Davis. And this is like what 2010 when this happens, 2009. Like it's Baron Davis in the first round pick. What do you do? Why are you talking about this? Well, the Clippers uh, did not do good that year, so they ended up in the lottery. And that pick ended up going to the Cavs, and that pick ended up going number one. And that uh, player is Kyrie Irving, who is one of the two most important players in the franchise's history. No offense to any, no offense to like Mark Price, Larry Nance. Uh, I almost said Steve Kerr. He was kind of part of it. Craig Elo, no offense to you guys. Kyrie was really the guy with LeBron to bring the championship in. I mean, he hit the cold-blooded dagger shot. So, yeah, pretty important trade in terms of the NBA because Baron Davis was washed at that point. No one really <clears throat> wanted him. Well, I think he still went to like New York after Cleveland. And like, that was when Baron Davis was rocking like number 85. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> like, isn't he like number five all the time? But yeah, that's definitely a huge trade in the history of the league. And, uh, one that st- this one stinks for me because sometimes when I'm bored, sometimes I like to go on 2K MT Central, and you have the ability to, using NBA 2K cards, 
well, cards, like my my team cards, you're able to make your own roster and see what and just see how much how you would stack up against our teams. One thing that I did, this was over a couple summers. I would go on basketball reference, go to a franchise, look up every single player that's ever played for them. And if the name stuck out to me, I would put them on the lineup. And it would be like the all-time whatever. So when I did the all-time Pacers, I see that the Pacers had Alex English at one point. And I'm like, what? No. When when did that happen? Because it was like, Alex English, probably the most underrated player ever, is someone who Reggie Miller said that he patterned his game off of. Alex English scored the most points in the 1980s in the NBA. Think of all those players in the NBA in the 1980s. Alex English is number one for that decade. And then I see this trade. The Denver Nuggets receive Alex English from the Indiana Pacers, and they, as the Pacers, receive George McGinnis. Now, George McGinnis, if you're a Pacers fan, you'll be like, oh, man, we traded him for George. That's, that's totally worth it. This was 1980. So way after George McGinnis was in back in the glory days with the Pacers of the ABA, winning championships in the ABA, this was after he went to Philadelphia where they went to the finals against the Blazers. Yeah, so it was 1980, and uh, George McGinnis was like out of the league within like a year or two. And Alex English, as I said, went on to be the greatest scorer of the 1980s. Uh, one of them for the Pistons is that the Pistons got Rasheed Wallace and Mike James, but that doesn't really matter, honestly. The Celtics got Chucky Atkins, Lindsey Hunter, and Tony Allen. That was a draft pick. And the Hawks got Bobby Sura. Hang on, Zeljko, Zeljko, Ribraka, Chris Mills, and Josh Smith, who was a draft pick. And Rasheed Wallace was someone, after he was in Portland, I mean, he went to Washington. He was okay. I mean, he was great in Portland. Then he goes to Washington, and and he's playing with Chris Webber, and it's kind of like, huh, I, I don't know if it was just because he's in Portland or not. Then he goes to Atlanta, where he was in Atlanta for such a short amount of time. And then he goes to Detroit, where he gains back that status. Like, hey, I'm a great player. And it was him and Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton, bringing a championship home to Detroit for the first time since the bad boy pissing era. Definitely a trade worthwhile for them. And on this, they have the Golden State Warriors, and it's them getting Baron Davis and the Hornets got Sweetie Claxton and Dale Davis. I don't know how you don't do the um, Monte Ellis to Milwaukee trade. And this is on another article from Yard Barker. They talk about it, and because when I first saw it, I was like, man, I forget, who did they really trade Monte for? Because 
and they traded him for Andrew Bogut, and everyone was furious. They're like, why are you trading Monte Ellis? He's like our number one guy for Andrew Bogut, who is he was the number one pick in 2005, but he was injured at that point. No one really knew what his status was. And you're like, and you're going to keep Stephen Curry, who doesn't even have, like, he, I swear that he has, like, the most brittle ankles ever. How dare you? And, God, how could you prove anyone wrong more than keeping Stephen Curry, getting Andrew Bogut, and that fueled the fire for the dynasty that the Warriors had in, in 2015 on. Great decision by the GM, in my opinion. And that's just, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's, uh, that's pretty rough if you're, if you're the Bucks or if you're a Warriors fan who criticized them. And then you come back to what is or what was the, lo- the loudest arena in the NBA, but then they moved it. So they're like, huh, I was, I'm wrong. That's just one where you're like, hand to God, my mistake. <laughs> so another one, this one's for the Lakers, and it's the Lakers got Pau Gasol and Devin Ebanks as a draft pick. Devin Ebanks did not work out. And the Grizzlies got Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenton, Dante Green as a draft pick, Grievous Vasquez as a draft pick. And Mark Gasol. So it's a win-win in that situation. Because Pal Gasol was the piece that the Lakers needed to get over the hump to for Kobe to win his fourth and fifth championships. And then the Grizzlies get their all-time franchise guy. Like, the whole grit and grind philosophy. I mean... Sure, you had Mike Conley, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph. And Marcus Hall was the face of that franchise for so long. And I remember when he got traded to Toronto, and people were like, whoa, that's huge. Because it's tough to see a franchise move on from their like best guy. I mean, he was a little washed at that point, but he still, the Raptors won a championship that year. So very interesting to see how that worked out. And Javar's Crittenden, oh, man. Uh, If you know what happened between him and Gilbert Arenas, that's a tough one there. And he was the same draft class as Thad Young and Kevin Durant. Him and Thad Young were teammates because he went to Georgia Tech. Sorry, I'm just looking for more. Oh, yes, this one I want to talk about. New Jersey Nets. They said that their number one trade was New Jersey Nets get Darren Williams as the Utah Jazz got Devin Harris, Derek Favors, and NS Cantor as a draft pick and a 2012 draft pick. I don't know if this is the number one trade for trade deadline, which I don't know the history of the Nets at the trade deadline, but did this work out? Did it really? 
because I remember when they first got Darren Williams, and they had a good solid year where it was just Darren Williams and Brooke Lopez, and it was all good. Then they get Joe Johnson. Then they trade literally the entire house for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, who I think who probably had like a combined age of 65 at that point. And they're like, we're going all in. I remember there was a friend of mine, and what, this happened? I don't. Yeah, this happened, what, 2011? Yeah, 2011, 2012. So we were like 11 and 12 or 10, 11. And we were saying, dude, the Nets are going to win every game. Because we were like, their one weak point is Brooke Lopez. And Brooke Lopez is still good. And then it turned out, oh, yeah, age is a thing. Darren Williams at that point still fairly young. But when you have Joe Johnson, who was drafted in, what, 98? And then you have Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. No, Paul Pierce was 98. Garnett was 95. I do not remember if Joe Johnson, when he was drafted. And I have to look that up now. Because he was originally drafted by the Celtics, and then they traded him, like, immediately. He was drafted in 1990. Nope, that's his recruiting rank. He was drafted in 2001. So... Yeah, you got a bunch of old guys and then Brooke Lopez in there. And they did not um, do good. Let's just say that. And then uh, we move on to the Knicks as this is the one where Carmelo forces way into New York. This is a long one. New York Knicks receive Carmelo Anthony, Chauncey Billups, Corey Brewer, Ronaldo Balkman, Anthony Carter, and Sheldon Williams. The Timberwolves receive Eddie Curry, Anthony Randolph, and 2015 second-round pick. This article might be a little outdated because I feel like they should be saying who these picks are. And the Nuggets got Danil Gallinari, Raymond Felton, Wilson Chandler, Timofey Mozgov, Costa Kufos, and a few picks. I didn't even know Minnesota was in this trade. But I guess... Anthony Randolph had to have gone from New York to Timberwolves. I don't know. But, um, yeah, this was huge when it happened because everyone was like, man, Carmelo, he's so good. And some people were like, well, his contract expires, like, at the end of the year. So no no one really thinks anything's going to come of it. But then they trade him, and they trade the house for him. And you're like, dude, you couldn't. And sometimes people are like, well, you don't really want to let him walk. But, I mean, they received solid assets in return. Because Gallinari was okay. He was pretty good in Denver. Raymond Felton's Raymond Felton. I mean, he's been kind of like mid to low level. Guard, Wilson Chandler, fine. Mozgov, I mean, he wasn't Mozgov 
to the point where he was going to get paid $100 million like he did by the Lakers. And it's just... And Costa Kufos, I mean, come on. So it's this situation where you're almost like, man, I don't... It's tough. Hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But I wonder if you're in this situation, do you just let him walk? Because looking at this trade, I mean, you trade so much and you get really one decent player in return. And we'll never know. Uh, Seattle Supersonics, they got Ray Allen for Gary Payton, pretty much. There's a couple other players in there, but it's pretty much Ray Allen for Gary Payton. Ray Allen was really good on the Supersonics. I don't know what else to say. Gary Payton, I mean, he was old at that He was older at that point. After the Bucks, he went to the Lakers, where he didn't win a championship. And then, or maybe he did. He was on there a few years, maybe. And then he went to Miami, where he did win a championship. I don't think he won in Los Angeles. I think he only won. Well, he went to Boston after the Lakers and then went to the Heat where he won in 2006. Moving on to the other article. Uh, A lot of them, Ron Artest uh, going to the Pacers from the Bulls. That's one where if you're a Pacers fan, I think that you like that. I I like it. But knowing what happened with the mouse at the palace and all that, then him eventually going to Indiana. I'm not Indiana. So stupid. Him eventually going to Sacramento. Then he gets on the Lakers. Well, he's on the Rockets. Then he's on the Lakers where he wins the championship. And you're just like, man, that was that was our guy. Because Artest was so good when he's on the Pacers. Like, Defensive player of the year. A lot of people were considering him. I think he was getting considered. I think he was getting MVP nods. Because that was a, like when Jermaine O'Neal was like on the rise. So he wasn't taking too much away from our test. Man, that was a. That was a really good. <laughs> Ron was so good. And now going by Metal World Peace. And if you haven't uh, checked out that uh, Mouse to Palace documentary on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Go give it a try. Uh, Shaq got traded to the Suns during a trade deadline. I believe that was for Sean Marion. And, I mean, Shaq, he was still an all-star when he was in Phoenix. But at that point, it was kind of like, I don't know if the whole Superman thing is still working out. Uh, Carmelo Anthony to the Knicks again, just total robbery. Uh, The Blazers traded Gerald Wallace for a pick that became Damian Lillard. That was a huge one. Gerald Wallace was such a... Just... He was way too expensive for what he did. Like... He was okay in Sacramento. Then he goes to Charlotte where he's like an all-star type player. Then he gets 
bunch of contracts and you're like, and then it's like, I don't, I think I overpaid for this guy. And then there it is just, and of course he's traded for, I mean, is it safe to assume that Damian Lillard is the most important player in trailblazers history? Because he, for me, I would think that would be Bill Walton because they won championship and all that. I think if if Dame does get a championship with the Blazers, I I totally think so. But man, dealing with Bill Walton, that's a tough one. And and people think of Bill Walton, they're like, man, he just got injured so much. He wasn't even that great, really. He's a top seventy five player of all time. And we talked about it last year, NBA seventy five list. He was on it. Yeah, I don't know about Dame. I that's an interesting question. That if I were to ask people around, it would be skewed towards Lillard just because it's a younger generation. But I would that'd be interesting to see those results. Now this one I completely forgot about until I was just scrolling through this article. You remember when Demarcus Cousins got traded got traded to the Pelicans? Because it was during the All-Star game, and you're like, like they're talking about the trade and all that, and it's in New Orleans, and AD is playing out of his mind in the All-Star game. It's like, oh, yeah, they're going to add Boogie Cousins to this. You're like, what? And, I mean, that would have worked out so well if that Achilles injury did not happen to DeMarcus because they were a force to be reckoned with there for a while. Cause that was back when like AD was like, I swear for like a two month span, he was getting 40 a night and it was like him getting 40. Then Damian Lillard would get 40. Russell Westbrook would get 40. And it's just like, yeah, uh, but where's, uh, is there any defense going on? But DeMarcus Cousins traded during the All-Star game. That's one of the all-time moments that I know I just said I forgot about it, but it's always in the back of my mind where I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Uh, And then, (laughs) yeah, you remember when uh, LeBron, LeGM, James decided the Cavs aren't doing so good. This is like his last year in Cleveland. He's like a... I'm blowing this team up. Everyone is leaving. And um, let's see here. Because there is a lot to deal with. They got rid of Isaiah Thomas, who they had just traded for Kyrie Irving, like not even six months prior. Uh, They traded Dwayne Wade, which I think he went back to Miami with that. And that was like, oh, it's going to be nice. Dwayne Wade's going to have like his uh, tour Retirement tour with the Heat. Uh, Channing Fry, Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose, and Iman Shumpert all went out and they brought back Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. I should probably specify that. George Hill and Rodney Hood. And this wasn't, didn't they? Okay, so they did still go to the finals. Oh, yeah, of course they went to the finals. LeBron 
with the Cavs. I went to the finals every year when he came back for the second time around. I think that was LeBron's last year in Cleveland. And that I remember just seeing everyone because that was back when my ESPN app would actually notify me. I don't know what's up with my ESPN app now. Sometimes I want, like, I was annoyed with it back then. I want notifications now. Like, I want to be up to date with everything. And that was just the point where it was just like five different ESPN notifications. I'm like, what is going on? And then I look at it, it's like, Cavs trade, blah, 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 Cavs trade, Isaiah Thomas. You're like, oh, that's what it is. And, man, that was uh, that was definitely one where a lot of people was like, okay, LeBron is going too crazy. And I remember the uh, Game of Zones that Bleacher Report did. Man, Bleacher Report is killing it <laughs> on this episode. But um, the Game of Zones thing is a Game of Thrones like parody of the NBA. I would never watched Game of Thrones, but I love those episodes. And it's one where it's it's all those guys. It's It, D Wade, D Rose, Jay Crowder, Channing Fry, and Iman Shumpert. They're all just sitting in a room. And then a bird flies in and it has a bomb in its mouth. It's like, it's a Woj bomb and it blows up. And it's just LeBron looking at all of them saying like pretty much see ya. Because God, Woj and Shams, they grind. And that was one of those things where I was, we talked about on a broadcast a couple weeks ago. We were talking about like drafts and all that. And how and I was saying, like, if you have Twitter in the NBA draft, don't look at Twitter during it because it's going like you will find out stuff three picks in advance, and you're like, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> like, the point of the draft is just your future's hanging in the balance and it's coming down to the wire on the clock. You only have five minutes to pick your future. And sometimes a trade can happen in the middle of that. Sometimes a, a random player can get picked that you wouldn't expect. Like, I love the moments when when Anthony Bennett got picked first and all you heard was Bill Simmons go, whoa, because it was so unexpected. But now it's like you would find out Anthony Bennett was getting picked first like three days in advance. It's just not fun anymore for me. So whenever draft is on, I turn off Twitter. And sometimes when people text me, I'm like, I don't want to look at it till the pick is made because some of them will tell me, hey, Woj is saying this. And I'm like, I don't want to hear what Woj is saying. But, and on, but Woj, Shams, I mean, they have their whole battle going on. I think I'm pretty sure, I don't, I don't know 100%. The first person I saw with the James Harden trade was Woj. So, congrats to Woj. But, um, yeah, it's just... Trade deadline's crazy, man. Just anything can happen. And there's a great video by The Ringer. Uh, Jay Kyle Mann does it. I love Jay Kyle Mann. But um, where he talks about the power of... 
the midseason trade, sometimes about the trade deadline, sometimes just in the middle of the season somewhere. But it's how it can really affect your team. Like you can Rasheed Wallace, perfect example. You get him, you're he went he helps you win a championship and all that. There's a ton of those kind of trades. You're everything hangs on the balance when it comes to the NBA, if you're being honest. Like I said, your draft pick, that's for sure your future. Whoever you decide to go for in free agency can determine what can happen in the future. That's why Timothy Monsgau got $100 million because that was the market at that point. And then it's like, oh, we need to really stop overpaying these guys. But with the player empowerment era, now they know they can get that money and they say, I want that money. And then with trades, you can trade away someone who's going to be major in someone else's future. Rajon Rondo was drafted by the Suns, gets traded to the Celtics. Or just players just doing way better on different teams than what you would really expect, like Rasheed Wallace. So, the NBA trade deadline is something else. And it's definitely been a wild one so far. And it seems like everything is slowing down now after the... Harden trade, which that's going to, I'm so interested to see how that's going to work out. So with that, I believe that's going to be it for this week's episode. So, uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at D Everhard zero zero. And again, I'm, I've, Oh, I should probably say, I know it's the end of the episode and all that. Sorry for missing last week. There was a blizzard on campus. Everything was closed and I didn't really want to go out there in the snow to record and then come back and just try and up and send it via different things. So I'm not trying to make this a once every two weeks kind of thing, but yeah. So I apologize for that, but hopefully everything works out. We're going to be just fine and keeping it back to a weekly schedule. So with that being said, that is the end of the episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DEverhard00, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.